Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, May the 2nd, 2022. It is currently 3.38 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live two stories above a street right here in Abilene, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to get right to it. I'm not going to do a lot of the things I typically do in my introductions. I'm just going to start immediately with a question, which is something typically typical that I do for a lot of broadcasts. I usually start with a lot of questions because I love for our broadcast to generate discussion and conversation and meditation and trying to get you to think. So let's start with some questions and I need you to be as honest with yourself as you can be. This is, look, look, it's just you and me, right? It's just you and me. Nobody else is around. You you may be listening in your car. You may be listening at home with some headphones on. Probably nobody even knows what you're listening to. So you can be honest with me, okay? Now, even if you don't want to be honest with me, just be honest with yourself. It doesn't even matter if you're honest with me, okay? Because I don't know who you are, right? Right, you're you're anonymous, so that that that's this is a wonderful time for you to be as open and honest with yourself as you can be. Are you ready? Honestly, honestly, what bothers you the most? What makes you extremely upset? What bothers you? What makes you? frustrated, discouraged, maybe even a little bit angry. What really gets to you the most? What what is what upsets you? What what is painful to you? I want I want you to really think about it when when you think about it when you're like, okay, here are the things that bother me the most. Here's the things that upset me the most. Here here are the things that frustrate me the most. Here's the thing that that's painful for me to think about. I want you to just start thinking about. It. I know that's kind of vague and I know that that is broad, but but I I I think it's very important because if I was like standing in front of people right now, I would really be tempted to have everyone fill out on paper what those things are and then read them to everyone. This person is upset because of Disney. They're very bothered by Disney and what Disney has done and they want Disney punished and they want Disney canceled. Okay, they're upset about Disney. Maybe maybe they're upset about Let's see here. Someone is saying something. Suffering. Okay, now this person is upset about suffering. Okay, now that that's going in the direction, kind of the direction I'm going to go. We will see. But a lot of people are upset. A lot of Christians are bothered and upset because critical race theory is being taught in the schools. Some are very upset about the Biden administration and their liberal policies, and and they're going to they're they're going to have a uh, I, I can't remember the exact name they're calling it. Uh, conservatives are referring to it as the like Ministry of of Misinformation. They're going to have some kind of a group that looks at misinformation, and they're saying that this is the possible end of free speech, and they're going to go after Christians, and oh, oh, they're upset and they're bothered about this. I mean. On any given day, all you have to do is hop on social media, try to find out where all the Christians are hanging out, and you'll see what they are upset about. They're mad about this, they're mad about that, and it's always something. They seem angry, they seem upset, they seem frustrated. And in in no way, shape, or form am I saying that maybe some of these things are not worthy of being upset about. But do you think... Sometimes Christians place their 
They, they give so much of their attention, so much of their anger, frustration to things that are cultural, things that are temporal, and they have very little frustration or being upset about things that are more eternal. Specifically, this. Listen carefully. It was late last night. I came across um, something that was written in uh, the 1880s. I think it was on 1880. Exactly. I don't know if I'm not. uh, I was going to say the 1800s, but 1880 specifically. I was going to say somewhere in the 1800s, but I think it was 1880 specifically when this was written. Um, I don't know the name of the uh, individual who wrote it, but it was called This is the Most Painful Thought to Us. So 1880. A Christian writes, I guess you could call this a devotional, an article about this is the most painful thought to us. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, well, you know, that's that's the 1800s, that's 1880. If Christians were to say, what is the most painful thought to us in 2022, some people would say the direction of my country, uh, maybe the state of the church, or you know the what liberals are doing. It would it just seems like it would be so many things because Christians are constantly voicing their outrage and how frustrated and how upset they are about everything. But I but it but what Christians are upset about in 2022 seem extremely different. Now, what this person said in 1880 as being the most painful thought. Now, I'm not going to read everything they have here. I'm just going to read one paragraph. Here we go. Here's the paragraph. I want you to listen to it carefully. Again, written in 1880. Very different than Christians in 2022. You may disagree with me, but I, I'm I'm going to stand my ground. We'll put it this way. I'll put forth the idea. You can tell me whether you disagree. I, I, I'm kind of convinced that there's some... Something is not right in 2022. You you can tell me what you think. Here we go. It must be a painful thought to the people of God that so many of their fellow creatures are everlastingly banished from the presence of the Lord and that so many others are following on in the broad road that leads to eternal destruction. Perhaps among both the former and the latter are some dear to us by the ties of kindred or friendship. Truly, this is a most painful thought to us in this present world, but it will not be so in heaven. Now, they go on to say more, but they're saying, hey, what what, what should bother us? What should be a painful thought? In fact, it's not that it... They almost speak of it as it will be. It is, but they say it must be a painful thought as if that's the way it should be. If you're a believer, it's going to be a painful thought that so many of our fellow creatures are everlastingly banished from the presence of Lord and that, uh, of the Lord, and many others are following on in the broad road that leads to eternal destruction. I don't know if that's true in 2022. 
Christians seem bothered when the because the country is not going in the direction that we want it to go, that we don't like the direction of America, and we're worried about the America that our grandkids are going to get, or that we're worried about this, and we don't like this, and how dare they try to teach that in, in the schools, and how dare they make a movie like that, how dare Disney support certain political ideas that I don't agree with, how dare the country embraces certain ideologies and philosophies that don't correspond with my Christianity. How dare these people act this way? How dare the people think this way? So what we need to do is recapture America and make it better for, you know, that it'll be more in line with my way of thinking. And somewhere in all of that, there seems to be a complete missing or ignoring, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this about policies and ideas? Or is this about people who are going to be eternally separated from God? Is it is it about that the policies we don't like, or should we be more concerned about the eternal souls of people? Not necessarily the policy. Sometimes I think we just want the policy change because we want to live in a world where we don't have to feel uncomfortable and it, we don't have to deal with things that we don't like. But what should bother us, or at least in my mind, are words like this. You can tell me whether you agree or disagree. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead and small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Shouldn't that be the most painful thought? Shouldn't that be the thing that bothers us? I just feel like the Christians have almost forgotten the eternal souls of human beings because we are so preoccupied with the culture wars. We're so preoccupied with political differences. We're so we're so bothered by all of this that we've got to fight it. We've got to we've got to get the Republicans elected for the midterms, and we've got to we've got to go to school board meetings, and we've got we got to fight this. And I know what someone's going to say, but but you can do both. I understand that you can do both. I just feel like that when we say that we can do both, the the obvious focus tends to be on all of these other issues. And then we reduce these people who support these policies or or, are a political party. We reduce them to an enemy that we want to defeat instead of an eternal soul that we would like to see saved. We reduce people to the policy, to the perspective like we we they we reduce the person we strip the person of their humanity of their eternal soul and we reduce them to simply a political party 
or something that we don't like, and then we just want to see them defeated. And in many cases, Christians will even slide into calling them names, using derogatory names, thinking it's funny to post funny memes about them, or whatever the case may be. And many Christians just act in a way that seems to indicate to me they don't actually believe in hell, and they don't actually believe these people go to hell, or what's even worse almost act like, well, they're going to get theirs in the end. They're going to they're gonna find out that we were right. And it's like when you start seeing hell as an opportunity for you to be proven right, that's kind of messed up. That's kind of twisted. That's kind of horrifying. Do we, I wonder, do we even actually believe in eternal judgment? I wonder, I mean, honestly, because again, you may be familiar with these words. I think the church no longer is familiar with these words, but you can tell me what you think. They're, they're very famous words, but I, I, for again, I, I think some people have, have completely forgotten them. All right, here we go. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, I've often said Jesus doesn't call us to go out there and, and try to reclaim the world in his name to make it live according to God's standards. It's no, we're called to, to individuals to present the gospel to them, calling them to salvation, calling them to faith in Jesus Christ, calling them to recognize that they are a sinner and be willing to, to turn to Christ. But I, I think that that has become almost secondary just seems secondary. It seems, again, sometimes I have a hard time distinguishing when I'm driving in a car and I'll, I'll turn over to AM talk radio, listening to Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, doesn't matter, Mark Levin, it, it doesn't, Ben Ferguson, I could just go on and on and on and on, whoever may be on the radio at a, at a time. And then I can turn over to certain Christian radio stations and I'm like, what's the difference? It's all politics, 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 culture war, culture war, culture war, fight, 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 fight. In fact, just recently, in fact, let's see if I have the news article. In fact, I was just reading this right before I went live on the air. Yes, Robert Jeffress, he's the pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. Robert Jeffress, uh, Robert Jeffress other, and others urge Christian conservatives to engage in politics, politics and combat tyranny. So here is a pastor of a large church, a mega church in Dallas, Texas, and him and other people and other Christian conservatives want us to engage in politics and to combat tyranny. Hey, well, we need to get involved in politics. We need to fight the tyranny out there. It's like, what? Are you bothered about people's eternal destiny? Like, what, what, does, what do we gain if we can convince all the lost people that they need to be conservative, they need to throw out liberal politics, they need to abandon all of these bad ideas, and they start living a more moral life. What do we gain? Oh, the world is more moral. 
a moral world is of no value if the people in it are unregenerate because they're going to die and spend an eternity separated from a holy God. So what should be more, our focus should be, shouldn't it be on the most painful thought to us should be their their spiritual condition, not their political stance, nor the policies that they may be putting forth that may we may not like or may be difficult for us to, to have to live through. We shouldn't be worried about that as much as their spiritual condition. Here's a little bit of this story. I may do a podcast episode on this story by itself. I'd like to find the audio from it. But Christian conservatives took aim at COVID-19 mandates because, you know, Christians are still upset about COVID-19 mandates. I mean, we're really bothered. I mean, it, w- it was painful to go through COVID-19. I mean, it was horrible because of the inconveniences that were possibly imposed upon us. I mean, we, were, we, we didn't really care how many people died because, again, we're, we're only pro-life when it's convenient, right? Okay, people are dying and possibly spending an eternity separated from God was the least of our concerns. Having to wear a mask, that's what bothered Christians. Having to possibly reduce how many people could be in a service to say 25% capacity and you would just have to have more services. No, 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 no. That was outrageous. We can't do that. We can't do that. We, we were more bothered by, I saw more Christians upset about COVID mandates than people dying with COVID and entering into eternity. I mean, I listened to Christian after Christian yell and scream about the COVID mandates. Rare, I didn't hear about, well, this many people died this week and, and they entered into an eternity possibly without God. That's what should be our concern. That's what should bother us. Or just the fact that human beings were suffering and dying. But no, 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 no. Christians were mad about inconvenience to us because these liberals were trying to impose. Christians were upset about vaccines. Christians were upset They're talking about Christian conservatives took aim at COVID-19 mandates, big government, critical race theory. Again, critical race theory, critical race theory. I mean, I've been, I I mean, I have even been told that it's the greatest threat facing, facing, facing the church. And I just think that that's utterly ridiculous, but hey, but that's what we're concerned about. Um, And LGBTQ issues and all of the uh, Christian conservatives took aim at all of these things at a Culture Engagement Summit, Saturday, urging one another to become engaged in politics through things like voter registration drives, running for office, and standing for conservative values. Hey, Christians, we need to be out there. We need to get the right people voted. We need to do voter registration, and we need to fight for conservative values. And I think many have reduced Christianity to nothing more than conservative values. Values, but Christianity is not about conservative values, okay? It's not. It's about calling people to faith in Jesus Christ, discipling them, and living according to Christian values, not conservative values. They're not the same thing. I go on with this article. Right now, Christians are concerned about seeing our culture unraveling more quickly than we've ever expected. Now, I want you to hear that. Right now, Christians are concerned. Christians are bothered. It's painful for many Christians to see their culture, quote unquote, unraveling much more quickly than we've ever expected. 
oh man, look at the culture. It's unraveling. So what do we do? We got to engage in culture war. We don't fix an unraveling culture by engaging in political culture war. We fix a, a culture that's unraveling by pointing them to Jesus Christ, not to a political party or a political candidate. But the church has seemingly to completely lost focus here. I'm going to continue reading this. So uh, again, this is all. This all happened at the culture engagement sun, uh, summit. Happened on Saturday. I wasn't aware of it at the time. I'm still trying to find maybe some of the audio from some of this. Uh, let's see if they give us some some information here. But so this is a quote. I'm assuming this is from Robert Jeffress because he's the main name of the article, which is the pastor of First Baptist in Dallas. So here we go. Right now, Christians are concerned about seeing our culture unraveling much more quickly than we've ever expected. But they're also concerned about what their response should be to that unraveling, said Robert Jeffress, senior pastor of First Baptist Dallas and a religious advisor to former President Donald Trump. Jeffress preached that Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, and that primary function of salt was was once to serve as a preservative. One reason God has left Christians on the earth is to push back against evil and to delay the world's unraveling. Now, I, again, um, people take that one little phrase from the Sermon on the Mount, and they do bizarre things with it. Yes, we're to be salt, but how are we to be salt? One, and how we live right? Because we're not engaging in the unraveling. I don't think being salt is that we run out and try to force lost people to live like Christians because that's ridiculous. They're unregenerate. Why do we want them? They need salvation. They don't need conservative values. And number two, I think the way we quote unquote are salt is that we bring the gospel to a lost and dying world. The word of God calling them to faith in Jesus Christ. But that, this always like, you're the salt. Get out there and vote. Get out there and get people to register to vote. Let's get Trump back in office. Let's get some Republicans. We can fix the country. And I'm like, dad, <laughs> you don't fix the country by trying to impose conservative values on unregenerate hearts. It just I, it doesn't work. Um. Unfortunately, there are too many Christians today who have become passive towards evil in our culture. The reason is they're afraid, they're cowards, and they they and that's why they don't want to get involved. Well, or maybe instead of calling us cowards, you know, that's they think thanks for calling me a coward. Maybe I just don't think your political solutions are the, are the biblical solutions, and I think the biblical solution is preaching and teaching God's word and doing my best to live out as as well as I can, and confess and try to repent and try to obviously constantly moving forward in my spiritual life. Jeffress also spoke about how the U.S. Supreme Court is expected this summer to rule on a Mississippi court case that could effectively end Roe v. Wade. The 1973 decision that ruled state law banning abortion was unconstitutional. Uh, that challenge to Roe is because of the results of an election in 2016, the election of Donald J. Trump as president of the United States, Jeffress said. In electing Trump, Christians were voting for a, were, weren't voting for a pastor or a pope. They were voting for a president, Jeff said. Now, I just find it... <laughs> 
Hey, we weren't voting for a pastor or a pope, so it didn't really matter about his his actions or his character. I, I just find it so humorous because I lived through the 1990s when Christians were running around yelling and screaming about how Donald, how uh, Bill Clinton was going to be the end of, of civilization because character matters. Character matters. And we get to Donald Trump. Character doesn't matter. Policy matters. It's just amazing how we, we change our sermons— <laughs> based off political wins, and which is not a good thing. The Saturday event at Mid-American Baptist Theological Seminary was hosted by the Citizens for American Foundation, a nonprofit that advocates conservative Christian principles, and and it had about 300 attendees. It coincided with the relocation of the foundation from Boone, North Carolina to Memphis. A day earlier, the Conservative Baptist Network also hosted an event at the seminary, drawing between 115 and 150 people to the seminary's campus for worship and preaching. Other speakers Saturday voiced the debunked theory that President Joe Biden stole the 2020 election, uh, called LGBTQ people groomers, and warned of Marxism infiltrating college campuses. Topics of breakout sessions offered range from Pro-Life 101 to the cancel cancel culture on college campuses to how coffee can help fund your ministry. Yeah, that. (laughs) How coffee can fund your ministry. Okay, I I need the audio for that breakout session. I need that. So I guess now I can fund my ministry by what? Selling coffee? What? in the world. And, and when Christians complain about cancel culture, I, 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 I'm just literally always baffled. Christians perfected cancel culture. Christians are like, boycott this, cancel this, silence this, get rid of this. Don't, and it's, oh man, Christians have been doing that forever. But the point is, please note all of those discussions. It's not about let's preach the word of God. Let's teach the word of God. It's the great commission. It's, it's engaging in culture war. That's what Christianity has become. It's just become one side of the culture war. That's all it has been. That's all it's become. And to me, that should bother every Christian. That, to me, is painful. That should bother me. Christianity is not supposed to, in a sense, be a side in a culture war. Christianity is supposed to be transcendent to, here, all of you in the world, you fight. We're here to say this. There's a holy God. We're all sinners. Our only hope is the finished work of Jesus Christ. Turn to him, believe in him, and you will be saved. Now, once they become saved, if you notice, the Great Commission literally out gives us the outline. First, we go and teach. There's evangelism. We baptize, bring into the church. Then, then we teach them to obey. So the church's job is to, to go out for evangelism, bring people into the church, and then the church is there to equip believers so they're not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, and then teach them what the Bible calls us to do and how the Bible calls us to live. But the church has completely just abandoned this entire thing. And what bothers us now is a culture that, well, we don't like. A culture that, I mean, how many Christians were upset about the Turning Red movie that Disney put out. I mean, for crying out loud, if I, if I, I was getting tired of reading the articles. This movie is horrible. This movie is demonic. It's the end of the world. And he's like, that's what you're upset about. A Disney movie for crying out loud. That's what you got you so bothered. 
That's 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 what has you a critical race theory. It's the end of the world. Or it, it's going to destroy your kids. That that's that's really what has us so bothered. I, I think we're more bothered by thing. I don't, I don't think we're really that bothered anymore about people dying and spending an eternity separated from God. I just don't think it's that much of a concern anymore. I'm not saying that is true for everyone. I'm saying that in general. I just feel when I see the daily outrage in the Christian world, it's always because we want the world to live like Christians. We want to somehow make the world, we want laws passed, we want things done, because because many of those things makes us uncomfortable, and we don't like to live in a world that's, and you say, well, these things should bother you. Well, they, look, sin bothers me, but I'm not bothered by specific sin of lost people because they're lost. So I expect them to sin. I'm bothered by my own sin. I'm bothered by the sin inside the church because we profess to be Christians and followers of Christ. But in the world, even if I get them to quote unquote live to conservative values, there's still going to be sin in their life and they're still separated from God. I just seem to think that we've got everything so backwards right now. I think everything is so confused right now. And any attempt to try to speak to it or straighten it out is met with immediate attack upon you. Like, you just don't care about the culture. I care about the culture. What they need is salvation, not conservative values. I'm not worried. You're, you, we've got to get these people elected so we can fix the culture. You want to fix the culture apart from the gospel. I think the culture can only be fixed with the gospel. There. I thought I would just share this because I, I almost came up here about midnight um, and, and, and talked about this because when I read that paragraph, I'm going to read that paragraph again, again from 1880, from 1880. I just, does this describe you? It must be a painful thought to the people of God that so many of their fellow creatures are everlastingly banished from the presence of the Lord, and that so many others are following on the broad road that leads to eternal destruction. Perhaps among both the former and the latter are some dear to us by the ties of kindred or friendship. Truly, this is a most painful thought to us in this present world. I am not sitting here like I've got this all figured out because I get bothered and I get upset and I get mad by so many things. I can get irritated and and sometimes I don't even think about people dying and being eternally separated from God. But that's kind of one of the major teachings of Christianity, isn't it? Again, have we become so preoccupied with the temporal that we no longer even see the eternal. All right, you can email me your thoughts, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.